For the next 31 days on the FCPA Compliance Report, we're going to be bringing you a daily tip, strategy, or idea that you can use to improve your program. Here's your host, Tom Fox, the Compliance Evangelist. This month's sponsor of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is Affiliated Monitors. Founded in 2004, Affiliated Monitors provides professional, independent, integrity monitoring and ethics and compliance assessments nationally and internationally and across almost all industries. With its knowledge of effective ethics and compliance programs and cultures, Affiliated Monitors is respected for its work as the corporate monitor on matters ranging from multinational corporations to small and mid-sized companies and even individuals. Having served in over 750 monitorships, no one has more experience as an independent monitor than the team at Affiliated Monitors. For more information on how an independent monitor can help improve your company's ethics and compliance programs, visit this month's sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, at www.affiliatedmonitors.com. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, and today I'm extraordinarily pleased to have with me Ben DeCiani, founder and CEO at Affiliated Monitors. And we're going to talk about something that I don't think gets near enough play in the compliance community, and that is culture as a foundational internal control. So, Vin, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, first of all, welcome, and thank you so much for visiting me on this topic. Good to hear from you, Tom. So, Vin, what really are, can I just start with, what are your thoughts around culture as a foundational internal control? Yeah, I, it, you know, as you and I have talked about, um, I think it's a great topic. Um, you know, you think of um, decision making, you think of what's the driver of behavior in an organization, and it is sort of ethics, and it's the driver of ethical culture. And the way I, I think of it, and it just comes from experience in talking with people in some of the cases that we have monitored, that, um, you know, sometimes they are facing that ethical dilemma. What do I do? you know, I've got this in front of me and I've got to make a decision. And they'll say, oh, well, I'll go look at the compliance manual and see if it gives me anything. And, and you know, I heard it in one particular case, but it, it sort of resounds. And that is, the, the manual is not a Bible. It's not like do this, do that. The manual is a roadmap, right? It's a roadmap for direction. Like, what do you do when you are in these situations? So. The way I'm looking at it is the driver is the culture and the ethical decision-making that people make. They're the car, and they're looking at the, the roadmap of the manual. So when you get to the internal control that a company is looking at, um, it really comes from behavior and decision-making, right? And so... That can start as early as orientation. Maybe it's when recruiting occurs because you're talking about the indoctrination into this culture. The, you know, so that orientation process is getting people to drink the Kool-Aid of how we think and believe. Um, but that's the way you control decision-making. It starts early on, but it is the driver of behavior in an organization. So, you know, you're looking at it as, the, as, a, as a control, and I think it is a control, but it's not a control in the usual sense, like a third party practice and what have you. But, you know, again, I think it's such an important element that never gets talked about. You know, it's foundational, Tom. 
And I've heard you give examples where you would go into a company, uh, perhaps as a monitor, perhaps in a proactive approach to assess culture. And pretty quickly, you could get a sense of what the culture of a company was. If if a company wants to make that cultural shift to, to become uh, more ethical and to have the types of values that you and I think drive ethics, how can they start that process? So, you know, again, we always talk about it. It, it really emanates from the top, um, and it does. But, but I think more importantly, I mean, I think that that's very important structurally. But the real issue is who they hiring? You know, wh- where where have they been? Wh- where do they come from? What's their backgrounds? What's their interest in ethical behavior? Um, you and I have talked about this so many times. People like working for an ethical company, and people want to go into a company that is, is something that they feel good about, and they don't have to be living on you know pins and needles or with anxiety because the company isn't an ethical company. That's that's again that's foundational, and it starts when you hire people. That having that discussion in that you know it, the interviews that that all important interview process about ethics and how they feel about ethical decision making. What a great way to start somebody coming into a company. And if you want to be transparent and you want to have people open in terms of communications and all of that, that's where you start. You know so. Again, I think that that's an important consideration for a company when it's when it's when it's wants to change behavior or emphasize its behavior. Start it at the hiring process um, because those are your new the next generation, right? And I've heard you now talk about culture at the top. I've heard you talk about culture of potential employees and employees coming in through the hiring process. What about the middle management? How do you see their role? in not only uh, communicating co- uh, culture, but also fostering an appropriate ethical culture? So I think, I think it has to be more directed because these people that have been at the company for a while, let's assume that, right? And, and you, know, you can't just throw culture and the words culture and all of the, you know, the beautiful language around it and the idealistic um, considerations at people it's it's you know and they're making parts or they're working on a on a contract uh specification it's that's not going to be helpful but what i think is going to be helpful is let's say you create an internal control and it might be i'm going to use an example we work with a company and they created a decision making process called the authority matrix and basically it was a process of spending where you ha- people had certain authority but then they had to go above themselves you know above their 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 um position to get authority for higher spending and then it, it really worked up the channel and that wasn't just for spending but it was for these larger decision making um efforts and and the way they sort of indoctrinated people so it became part of the culture um, was through really three or four different ways of doing it. And I think it's a good way just of, of, of changing culture generally through an internal control. One is they educated everybody. So everybody understood this is this matrix. This is how it works. Beautiful, theoretical. Then they did some answering of questions like, why are we doing this? What's the importance of it? And they were educated on, well, this could protect us from a corruption activity in a, in a different situation where people are bribing people and spending money. So once they had a fundamental understanding of the why we're putting the control in place, that was a, that sort of that next step. 
then you try it out. Let's put this in place. Let's see how it works. There's going to be mistakes. Let's work out the kinks. Let's you know, use it for this decision-making at this level for a period of time. Then, and this is where it works, then after it is fully implemented and people buy into it because they now understand why we're doing it, they see the benefits of it, it gets into the bloodstream. And when it's in the bloodstream, that's when you have an ethical sort of change in terms of how they think about things. That, Tom, I think that that's one way of creating a, a sort of a change at, at the, you know, that, that level. Then many of the strategies, tools, or techniques we might consider to implement a best practices compliance program, it seems to me you're talking about using many of those tools to actually go more foundational to culture. Would that be a fair assessment? Absolutely. You know, when we do the, the assessments that we do, sometimes we do it, we call it at a high level. And we're looking at the program as written, you know, but that's one thing. The, the, the reality is lots of companies have really strong written programs. Is it taking foothold, you know, within the company? That's what we like to look at. And that's where I think the company gets, that, that's hired us, gets the sort of the biggest bang is whether or not their program is effective. Right. And effective is not just, oh, I read it and I signed off on it. Oh, I think it's a good thing. And I got training. It's, do you live it? You know, do you live the values? Do you live the, 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 the sort of aspirations that the company wants you to live? And do you start thinking, you know, in, in, and acting and making decisions, you know, in that fashion? Um, I, I think it's, you know, I, the value of that, it's almost invaluable, right? Uh, for a company to have people to think that way. And unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if you might have uh, three key takeaways for our audience on uh, culture as a foundational internal control. Yeah, so, uh, you know, as we mentioned, it really does have to start at the top. They have to, there has to be buy-in by senior leadership in the organization um, that they want an ethical company. If they don't want an ethical company, then don't do it. But if they do, that's where you start. And then, you know, drilling down, as I said, um, uh, you know, for the, it, it, the second takeaway is hire ethical people, hire people who, you know, aspire to the same types of goals, missions, and have the same beliefs um, that you have as a company. Find them. They're out there and have that conversation. And the third is th the best way to sort of change behavior within the organization structure is to create this sort of process, I've as I was describing, of create an internal control that you want to implement and do it so it becomes part of, you know, everyday, everyday life and conversation within the company so that you get buy-in. Well, Ben, uh, now, unfortunately, we are at the end of our time, but I wanted to thank you for taking the time to visit me with me on this topic. Thanks, Tom. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Affiliated Monitors, for sponsoring this month's series. This production of 31 Days to a More Effective Compliance Program is a special production of the Compliance Podcast Network. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.